If you want to become financially independent, come to my seminar. Let me show you how to make the fortune you have always dreamed about. Ready? Go! What happens if you are named in Nelson Rockefeller's will? You get rich quick. Stand on the line, turn the game again. Everybody's gonna lose and I'm gonna win. Gonna get rich quick. This is my love. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Get Rich Quick with Josh and, and Noel. And we are here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Um, we are coming to you live on cassette on SD card from a basement in the West Village. And uh, today's topic, Noel, is lotteries. Lottery. Best way to get rich quick that I, I know. It really does seem like the ultimate in get rich quickery, Yeah, if not quackery. The classic. It is a classic. I mean, I don't know about you, probably not you, but I have uh, uh, always loved the lottery, and I went through a period there where I wanted to win the lottery really bad. I was playing like crazy, and I was uh, uh, Mega Millions, and, and when they started all those extra ball ones, yeah. and uh, I was putting in, you know, on the big jackpot ones, I mean $20 a week. Oh Easy. wow! Yeah, so no, I wasn't really fucking around. I wasn't fucking, and I was using like all crazy number combos that I had come up with, you know. And I would like cross my fingers and do weird things. I so desperately wanted and felt I needed a massive infusion of cash in my life <laughs> that I was like, the only way it's going to happen for me is via the lotto. You know, traditionally I've been uh, almost anti-lottery, you know, mm -hmm. um, but now. That they get so freaking huge, huge. I will get them when they're over a hundred million dollars, because I figure if it's at a point where you can describe the value of it just as simply and quickly by saying what portion of a billion dollars it is, <laughs> then I need in that right. So if uh -huh. you say uh, one hundred million dollars, it takes the same. Length to say, and thought process to uh -huh. understand a tenth of a billion dollars. Wow. But if you go anything below that, your mind's got to do gymnastics. Uh-huh. And, well, not gymnastics, but it's got to actually do some, it's not an answer that instantly will appear. Right. For me, it, the number was actually $75 million. When I would start dropping the, the real money, it would be $75 million. I would start playing once it got over $25 million. Okay, yeah. Because I had done some research in trying to figure out sort of like, well, how much do you actually get? Like, if you get the lump sum versus the annuity payments, there's a whole system, right? <laughs> And it, it's like the annuity payments pay out over, depending on the type of lottery, 20, I think 20 up to 27 or 30 years. Yeah, something like that. Right? And when you get the lump sum, you only get a portion of what the actual jackpot is. Well, you, you get the value of the bonds that they would buy, the T-bills. They buy right. T-bills. Right. And you get the value of the T-bills that would equal that. So right. when, when rates are low, you get more money. And when rates are high, you'll get less money. That's interesting. I had read that they 
generally right i get what you're saying i had read that they generally put it in at least in the new york lottery they generally put it in a stable account it's not necessarily t-bills i'd heard i heard it was it was basically the equivalent of like a savings account that returns at about two to three percent annually and so you know they work out the numbers of what how that accrues over 27 years and then you get whatever that investment would be same concept just different okay investment yeah theory because their feeling is like if you took the lump sum and got the money that they would invest in a two to three percent yield uh savings account or whatever account it is they put it in you would probably do much better than that just investing on your own yeah it, it might be that too it's not like i did hard research on right. this i think someone told me this once and right. i just was like oh and so then then that happens and then you obviously have to take taxes out of that too which runs at approximately 40 percent because yeah, you're in the highest sure, tax yeah. bracket so you end up with you know generally less and then of course the total sum of what you actually win isn't the amount that is up on the board depending on the lottery that it is you get anywhere from i think 60 up to 75 percent of that sum for the first prize for the jackpot and then the other prizes come out of the remainder oh i didn't know that of that yeah is that the case for the mega millions mega and millions powerball, powerball and really? new york lotto i didn't know that yep so new york lotto is actually the highest so new york lotto you get as the as the jackpot winner you get 75 percent of that number that you get up there and then the ne- other the other 25 percent gets divvied up between the next i think seven or eight it may be fewer it may be five more there may be only six winners in that and then in the uh other two the big ones there's up to eight winners yeah you know but um yeah so i had you know so you walk away with about a quarter of what that actual total is if you take a lump sum give or take a couple extra percentage points yeah so when it gets up around 75 million dollars in my head i'm on media going well what's 25 percent of that and is that enough for me to never have to work again <laughs> well if you never had to work again though would you honestly never work well work you know uh, I mean, obviously not. I would work. I would be doing something. Yeah. But it would be entirely to pleasure myself. Okay. So you, you know would... what I mean? It would not be, I would not have headaches. If it started to become like a job, like a chore, fuck it. Yeah. Done. Out of there. Because I can. Yeah. So you'd you know? basically professionally pleasure yourself. I, I yeah. <laughs> and yes, exactly. It would be, I would, that would be my job, would yeah. be pleasuring myself. Um, yeah, so I was completely obsessed with it, and I played it pretty regularly. Never won a goddamn. I mean, like ten bucks here, oh, sure, yeah, buck or two there. Never won more than that. I actually knew a guy, Deb, and I, my wife Deb, and I. When we met, we worked at a bar in uh, in the West Village, and uh, the owner of the bar, his mother, won the New York Lottery before this was before the Powerballs and all that. When the big jackpot was just a million dollars. And she won playing his father's tattooed concentration camp numbers. Oh, wow. She played variations of those numbers. And she won the jackpot, but she had to split it between two other people. And the thing that pissed her off the most about the whole thing, right? So she walked away with, like, you know, $333,000 or whatever it was. And they used to do a party every year, the New York Lottery, for the million-dollar winners. And she couldn't go. Because she didn't get a million. She didn't win a million dollars. <laughs> she was so bitter about it. It was fantastic. Uh, you know, I, I, I did read something that said that if you are going to play the lottery, 
you know, how you can do the quick pick mm-hmm. or you can use your own numbers. Mm-hmm. That uh, I think it said 70% or 80% of people uh, just take quick picks. That's what I do. But I hate to of say the percentage that win, it's 50% of the people that win pick their own numbers. So this thing claimed that your odds of winning the lottery were better if you uh, didn't do a quick pick. I think the idea behind that is the repetition. There's a guy uh, who has won the lottery, the grant, the the top prize in several different lotteries seven times. Wow. Um, I think his biggest win was like $100,000 or something like that. Never one of the huge, huge okay. wins. But still, he's won tens of thousands of dollars seven times. And one of his big rules because he's actually just written a book about it his name's richard lustig and he's written a book about how to win the lottery your or at least get your chances better one of his big rules is never buy quick picks he says just the repetition of your numbers playing over and over again you're more likely to hit that combination than if it's just randomly chosen because you it, it, there's no rhyme nor reason to it, obviously. Yeah. You know, I, I understand the thought process mm-hmm. behind that, but I actually think it's bad math. It Every time a number's pulled, that's like your odds of getting 50, uh, if you're flipping a coin, getting 50 tails in a row or heads in a row <clears throat> is very small. Right. But if you've already gotten 49... The chances of the next one coming up in the way that gives you the 50, mm-hmm. it, it's 50-50. The chances don't each, – each like if you're going to take it in the whole, right. then that's different than taking it in the individual. You're, you're talking about taking in the whole of as in all of the numbers. If you're taking – statistically, uh-huh. if you play the same number – Every week, right, or whatever it is now, twice a week, and over a lifetime, yeah, sure, the odds of that number coming up at some point are better than if you had a different number every time, right? But every time, the odds are the same. Yes, your odds are still two hundred fifty million, depending on the whichever lotto it is. You know, two hundred fifty million, yeah, five hundred thousand to one. Yeah, yes, that is absolutely true. On a like a single pick, obviously the odds change minutely depending on how much money you spend and how many different rounds of numbers you play. But he claims this guy claims, and I'm only reading an article about this. <laughs> I did not buy the book, so he's obviously not giving away his secrets. But he claims that he has. that he has a mathematical uh, way to pick your numbers, that he has through, you know, years of study and figuring it out, um, and he believes that picking the same numbers regularly, even if you're losing, gives you more of an edge in the next drawing. Why that is, I don't know. I couldn't tell you, and he won't tell you unless you buy his book. Yeah, of course, yeah. You know, I imagine in a couple weeks it'll be 99 cents in a bin somewhere, a lot less. Um, but yeah, so I get what you're saying. Odds wise, it seems like, you know, the slate is clean every, every time. But I think when you think cosmically, which, you know, some of us can do, some of us can't. Yeah. That, you know, the rays are going to come down from heaven and they're going to 
they're going to nail you. Yeah. But it's still, you're saying, even though 70% of the people buy the quick pick, 50% of the winnings are quick pick. So it's still kind of a 50-50 opportunity, it seems to me. Well, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And I read this off of some something, you know, not off unlike the internet. What, yeah. Not unlike <laughs> what I was just reading. Not unlike what you just had up there, too. <laughs> you know, when, 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 when I play the lottery mm-hmm. and I win like $2 or $3 uh-huh. or something like that, I'm always mad because I feel like that's nickel and dime in my luck away. <laughs> and, and you don't want to win anything uh-huh. until you win everything. I see what you're saying. It's funny you say that because I think kind of the opposite. I think it's the beginning of something. Oh, you think it's going to snowball? I think it's going to snowball. I okay. think, okay, so, but now always this always happens. I've invested $5 in a lottery ticket and won two, so I haven't really won anything. What I've done is lost $3. Yeah. So, but my idea is like, oh, I won. My luck is coming. This uh, is when it gets into juju. I, I this think is the when exact it gets into yes. no, 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 no. I think oh, the luck is coming. The luck is coming. And I've had a couple times where it's like I've taken the two dollars and I bought two dollars worth of lottery tickets with it, and then I've won ten dollars. And I'm like, all right, it's happening. This is it. Next one's going to be a couple hundred. Then I'm going to stick some of that in my pocket. I've made a profit, yeah. and then we'll drop some real money on this bad boy, and we're going to hit it. All right, and so then, you have a problem, you're saying. <laughs> it, it, it can be. Yeah. It can be, yeah. I, I It's just something I've learned to control. <laughs> I, I think I really it really struck me when a friend of mine referred to the lottery as a tax on the stupid, and I thought about it, and I was like, God, that is so so true well it is but if you know if it costs you one or two dollars to get a piece of a tenth of a billion or or a third of a billion or a half a billion the way these are getting now mm-hmm. you know you gotta be in there you got it you gotta be in it to win it yeah i i don't think trademark. it's gonna be that long <laughs> trademark <laughs> i don't think it's gonna be that long until there's a billion dollar lottery and it the, can't be that long. Yeah, I would imagine. Like a few years. Yeah. They'll come up with another lottery that starts off at, at over $100 million. Uh, then I'm hooked. Then, you know what I mean? They they, me. they will. It will be a multi-state, like, you know, it can't be all states because there are actually six states in the union that do not, uh, that do not have lotto. Really? They don't allow it. Yeah, it's illegal in the states. What states are those? Uh, you have... Mississippi, Alabama, and Utah. Okay, I was going to say Utah. And I, you can imagine why those three don't have it yeah. for religious reasons. You have Alaska and Hawaii. Alaska doesn't have it because they don't need the influx of cash. They actually end every year with a surplus, so much so that they apparently give about $2,000 back to every citizen of Alaska. So the main reason, obviously, that most states have lotteries is to get money in, right? For Generally for schools is the pitch that they use. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's always been the case with lotteries throughout history, apparently, even when they back in the 1800s and 1700s or 1800s when they first started doing them and then sort of cut them out. But the one and, – and Hawaii doesn't have it because uh, – uh, there's a very powerful anti-gambling lobby in Hawaii. Okay, I didn't know that. They don't want um, they don't want gambling there at all. There's this feeling that gambling in Hawaii would ruin Hawaii. Huh? It would be primarily because instead of having people coming to enjoy Hawaii, they would be coming to gamble. Yeah. Even though you know New York for years, other than lottery, didn't have gambling. Except, you know, and, and and no one came to New York just to gamble. But that's whatever. But the final one is Nevada. 
Really? Yeah. Because you, you can't gamble there unless it's controlled by the mob or something? Basically, <laughs> it's, it's because the casinos don't want the competition. They want okay. the casinos. Basically, you know, they're very powerful. Obviously, you know, uh, uh, Nevada is a no income tax state because they get all this money from the casinos. So the casinos, while making it a very livable place, you know, I mean, I know people who were like, "I'm retiring," you know, who are in their sixties who are like, "I'm retiring to Vegas. I'm going to get a shitty job twice a week driving a, sh- uh, a limo, and I don't have to pay taxes anymore." And uh, but the the casinos don't want the competition. They don't want people spending any money outside of the casinos. I, I don't see how it's a competition, though. Because, you know, by, spending $2 on a lottery ticket is such a different thing than going <clears throat> to a sleazy casino, spending all your time and money there, and spending hundreds of dollars, okay. thousands of dollars. Okay, so this is what I'm going to say to you about this. When you go to Las Vegas... And you see the amount of what we refer to as degenerate, addicted gamblers there. Mm -hmm. And those people would not just spend $2 on the lotto. Maybe some people would. Okay. But we're talking about the people that spend hundreds of dollars on the lotto. And I see them here in New York where I've gone to a newsstand and stood online because someone's dropping $50 on box square, check, quick pick, you know, and and going getting all the cards and the whole thing. And they have no qualms about spending everything they've made for the week on the lottery. You know, imagine that just multiplied by nth amount of money. Okay, but but I also feel like those same people, Mm -hmm. if they lived in Vegas, Mm -hmm. well, certainly no one's traveling to Vegas to go do that. And those same people that live in Vegas and moved there because of the gambling opportunity or whatever, or or just happen to be gamboloids and living gamboloids. there, they would still go to the casinos and spend their money at the casinos because the odds of winning people like are that don't better. look at odds. You're, you, there's one thing to be someone who actually is a professional gambler and looks at odds, and then there are people who are addicted gamblers, quote unquote, degenerate gamblers who are really looking for the thrill. Okay. And and it's a, they're two completely different well, things. Well, even that then, the thrill of going to a casino and playing blackjack or whatever, I'm sure would be a lot more than looking on the news. I don't, and I don't necessarily what... disagree with you. I mean, I'm just trying to make their point for them just so we can have a conversation. I, I mean, I, I, I kind of do agree with you. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me that, but they want to control the gambling. The casinos, really what it is, they want to control all the gambling. If it could be a situation where the casinos could run the lottery and take a portion of that money for themselves, I guarantee you there would be lottery in Nevada, no problem. Mm-hmm. You know, it's certainly not through for religious reasons <laughs> that there's no lottery there. But yeah, it is entirely because the casinos don't want gambling. They they look at it as competition from the government. Huh. You know, I, I've only been twice to casinos ever. Um, really? I, yeah. I, once in Atlantic City, uh-huh. we just basically went in and got a drink. Uh-huh. And then um, someone I know was doing a show at Foxwoods. Uh-huh. And so we went and saw that. And then afterwards, we perused around a little bit. It, it, it's not my cup of tea. It, it's right. like a, it, it's like a shopping mall. It's, cr- it's it's crappy. And I walked wandered into this one room, that was it had a giant screen, with uh, horse races on it. Yeah, and 
the room itself was like all these like dark hardwood desks and stuff with like bookshelves and stuff with them to make it it almost looked like the library of congress or something uh-huh. but sitting in almost all of these little booths were like basically homeless guys who were like counting and stacking their 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 takeout containers of food and it was like oh my god this those is the worst. guys those guys are professionals those guys actually in theory make money Gambling. I'm telling you, I'm, I, I, I know those guys. My father, in this basement where we sit, recording this podcast, my father, when I was a child, used to run a high-stakes poker game out of here. Every week, it would run for four straight days and nights. No sleep, no rest. When I'd come up and visit him, when I'd stay with him, Wednesdays, Wednesday morning, we would go out and we would go food shopping. There used to be a KFC. We'd get two buckets of chicken. We'd get all the fixins. We'd get snacks and chips and the whole thing. And starting at about 7 o'clock at night, people would start coming in. And he would start off the first couple of people. They'd start playing backgammon for money. And then once they had enough guys to start playing cards, they would move downstairs. The table would be set up. The food, the, the buffet would be set up. The all-you-can-eat buffet would be set up in the back. And guys would come and go in and out. He took 10% of the pot. These were pots, and we're talking back in the 70s, these were pots that would reach several thousand dollars. And these were, and a, a couple of these guys, one in particular, were professional gamblers. Well, one became a professional gambler, a professional card player who actually won the Binion's uh, uh, World Series of Poker. And he was a, a math teacher here in New York. And my father taught him how to play cards. And then he moved to... So I've met these guys throughout my life. I used to come and sit on my father's lap when I was like five, six years old throwing the chips in. And I'm telling you, these guys are creepy. Oh, yeah. They I'm, seem I'm, yeah. homeless. Yeah. They go from... At, at one minute, they're, they can be a millionaire, literally a millionaire. They'll have a million dollars in the bank. And then right after that, a couple weeks later, mm-hmm. some Lady bad luck. bets. Turned her you know, back. And that's just how they live it. That's yeah. that's how they want they want to be it. Those guys that are sitting in those booths with piles of food containers stacked up, that's their job. That is their job, I'm telling you. They also look like they were actually homeless. <laughs> I don't think if they <laughs> were actually homeless, they wouldn't have been allowed in the casino. No. I don't know. That's why they hid in the dark room with the <laughs> with the cabinets there. Well, they were hoping you were going to join them. Yeah, 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 I guess so, right? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, not running uh, poker games, but I have heard in my neighborhood several times of older people who are on, you know, Social Security and stuff now, mm-hmm. who allow games to be played in their apartments that makes sense and you know whoever's running that game will give Give them them some money right and they can stay there if they want Mm -hmm. or leave right and that that's how they're living in soho on social security right is that is that like all mob games those games yeah I, i would guess so there's still quite a bit of that down there yeah that's interesting i i'm always i always forget that that's still around New York, you know, it's just like you, you just figure that they can't afford to live here anymore. <laughs> you know, that they're all out in, uh, they're all out in, uh, 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 Staten Island. Like all the mob guys on Toad Hill 
are out there and they're not running these shitty little games in New York City and stuff like that. Well, I'm sure there's yeah, the people that are making more money. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Are. But I just I just you just forget that they're still here, you know, that it's not still all it's not there's still aspects of like real life in the city that aren't just, you know, yuppies and douchebags. Yeah. But like one us. by one, you know, people are getting, you know, old people are dying. Yeah. Someone gets fed up and they move. Mhm. And, you know, the neighborhoods are losing their essence. They are, they absolutely. The homogenization. The homogenization of New York City yeah. is in full effect. Enter the Borg. <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to plan. I had, had I knew exactly how I was going to spend my money when I'd win those big lotteries. Oh, yeah? I had, like, such, like, I would lay it out. I would, I had... And and I would think about it when I'd buy my tickets. I would think about exactly how. So when I win this, it's going to be, you know, I had the number figured out in my head how much it was going to be when I won that jackpot that week. And I would be like, okay, so this thing's going to cost me $25 million. So that'll leave me with X amount. I definitely need to be left with 15 to $20 million just to have in case everything falls to shit. Yeah, which I'm it would. still really rich. That happens all the time. All the time. <clears throat> all the time. Yeah. My favorite story of that is that... I guess it was like 2002 and it was like one of the, it was like at the time the biggest jackpot and it was like um, mega millions or Powerball and this guy Jack Whitaker won it. He was like this, uh, he was this good old boy from Virginia and, and the interesting, what I thought was interesting about that one. So you you always hear these stories about, you know, people win this money and it, it becomes like a nightmare for them right and they lose it all and they cuz they dump it all because 90% of them have no idea what to do with with money you know they they come from a background or whatever their deal is that they never had money they don't know the value of money they don't know who to talk to about holding on to their money and they just within a year or two years it's gone right but this guy he had a construction company he was apparently worth like $17 million when he won the lottery, right? He was a pillar of the community, you know, big churchgoer, wife, family, the whole nine yards, a grandfather. He won, I think it was, how much was it? Give me one second here. It was something like, uh, yeah, it was, uh, the, it was $315 million. He was the sole winner. It was, at that time, the largest jackpot ever won by a single winner in the history of the lottery. And, you know, I think he walked away, you know, when he, after all the taxes, he took the lump sum, blah, blah, blah. I think he walked away with a hundred some odd million dollars, or oh, it was $83 million. That was what his check was after taxes, after everything. And the dude just went. Bottomed out. Completely. Yeah. I mean, like, in every worst possible way. It was like, so he gave 10% to his church, right? And then uh, I think he he had a, uh, a foundation that he had started, the Jack Whitaker Foundation, that he put $14 million in, right? And then after that, he started, he put his daughter, who was 17, on like a $2,000 a week allowance, bought her four cars. She started hooking up with all these, all these uh, uh, drug addicts. Her boyfriend ODs. Mm-hmm. She ODs. He starts drinking like crazy. Like I remember one of the reasons it stuck because I remember when it happened, there was a, a sto- I remember reading a story about how like maybe a year after this happened, he was found cold cocked in 
front of his truck outside of a strip club. Oh, I read about this Where guy. some stripper and her boyfriend, he was wasted. Some stripper and her boyfriend knocked him out, and he had like $500,000 yeah. in the glove compartment of his car. Yeah. Who the fuck does that? And that happened to him multiple times. Yes, I like did, I did two or three this. times yeah. this happened to him. Two or three times. And now he's broke. He doesn't have the construction company anymore. His wife left him. His daughter's dead, right? And And he's got nothing. Yeah. Nothing. And that blew me away. That one in particular. And I guess because the guy, he knew how to manage money. He was no dummy. He had a $17 million business, but still ruined by the lottery. Yeah. Ruined by the evil gambling. <laughs> That's right. So uh, every week we like to bring you guys uh, a little get rich tip quick, uh, get rich quick tip of the week that uh, doesn't have to do with our main topic. Uh, it's just another tidbit for how to reap your millions uh reap away that's right so uh brought to you by radio free brooklyn we would like she was good um, she she convinced a lot of people that she was very sick lisa d giovanni says it was last february when her sister Lori stilly dropped a bombshell she had bladder cancer soon she'd be in a wheelchair the family was heartbroken my wife would wake up in the middle of the night crying and banging the bed and I, how can god do this to her and the kids and and i said hey you know there's an answer there's hope somewhere and when we started to suspect that i just couldn't believe it the giovanni began raising thousands of dollars through school and community fundraisers and stilly even authored an e-book for money a Facebook page was created to document her struggle. People dropped off dinner after dinner at the family home. I just felt like I was doing something. Even so you can see, uh, you know, you don't have to play the lottery to get rich. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You can get rich in, in casseroles. Yeah. And, well, and they had fundraisers. Right. You and, can just get sick. That that will be another get rich quick topic all over. It will be get sick, get, get rich sick. Yeah, get rich sick. <laughs> uh, you know what's something that when I was looking online at uh, All About the Lottery is it was almost impossible to Google anything about the lottery because everything you would search for would just return like 500,000 results of how to get lucky lottery numbers and how to hedge the lottery and all this stuff. Uh-huh. Which I thought was, you know, a little ridiculous because if there's that many ways to get the right numbers, uh -huh. so, you know, more people would have the right numbers. Right, exactly. So I did try to put a little thought into how can you actually increase your chances of getting the correct numbers. Uh-huh. And I came up with, uh, with something great. Uh, Carl Jung. As in the psychiatrist, psychoanalyst Carl Jung. Yes. Okay. Carl Jung. Well, no, I, that's how I'm not trying to correct you. I okay. apologize. I just was making sure that that's who we're talking about yes. here. Maybe some dude named H Carl. How do you Jung. pronounce it? I pronounce it Jung, but it's probably Young. Okay. But it's Either not, way, you know, I just thought you were talking about some dude. I wasn't wanted to make sure it wasn't some guy named Carl Jung who had written a book about the lottery. Nope. No. 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 The uh huh. Famous. Yeah. Carl Jung. Yep. Um. He has a theory called synchronicity, mm -hmm. which is basically uh, when something happens and there seems like there's a lot of coincidences going on in completely unrelated items. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, for instance, if you're walking down the street and you see someone who looks like your aunt and then later that day 
someone says something that your aunt had said before, and then later on you find out your aunt passed away or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's not a coincidence. Uh, okay. Carl Jung says that these things are related in ways we don't understand, but you know they're they're causing each other to happen. Okay. And these these coincidences occur in greater numbers when there's times of uh, aroused psyche, right? Such as birth, death, falling in and out of love, personal crisis, just being rescued from danger, travel, death. I think I already, yeah, death I already said, right? Yes. Uh, so the article I was reading was actually about how to you can wear down or work up your awareness of these mm-hmm. coincidences so that you can get them without these psychic upheavals. Okay. But, you know, then you're, you're second thinking the famous Carl Jung. Uh-huh. So I think if you want to increase your chances of getting winning lucky lotto numbers, uh-huh, uh, I would suggest, you know, maybe killing someone <laughs> or something of the sort. Uh huh. And then paying great attention to all the numbers around you and playing those numbers after killing someone. Yes. Um. Well, because the other thing I would are, imagine are more... a lot. The thing I uh, my only thought about that I imagine that a lot of the numbers you're going to be seeing are on the back of orange jumpsuits. Well, maybe. But and you can't play the lotto right. in prison. Okay. I'm well, just saying. Well, just something to think it, it just, about. The reason I said kill someone. Because it's... It, go ahead, yeah. It, it seems like that, among all the different things, is the most in your own control. Uh-huh. So so that's why I said that. Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, you know, if, if you want to... Uh, Light your house on fire and hope someone rescues you from danger. <laughs> you could do that, I guess. But uh-huh. then, you know, what happens if they don't? The, good point. Well, then you've killed someone. You, well, yourself in that case. Oh, right. Good point. Yeah. So, uh, and, and as I was saying about how this is kind of an opposite example of of how this works, but it does show that this really does have an impact on the lottery. Wherein, <laughs> uh, I'm sure a lot of people remember this. In September 11th, 2002, uh-huh. the New York State Lottery, right, which is three numbers, right, was 911. That's right. 9/11. I do remember that. And 5,631 people right. had played it. Right. And they all won $500. Now, that being said, though, I mean, that was such a massive psychic upheaval for so many people. Well, that's right. In this theory, I mean, with this theory, does that mean that it would then influence the actual outcome? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think that it was so on the tip of everyone's mind right. that they manifested it. Right, okay. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and granted, that's hard to do. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of people. I mean, that's the world Yeah. was thinking about that. Yeah. Killing one person, you have to do something drastic to get everyone thinking about or to, to, to influence it that much, well, obviously. Exactly. And that's what really started to occur to me while I was looking at all of this. You know, uh-huh. like, 
I, I'm sure if I were to murder someone and pay attention to all the numbers that I see in the surrounding time, I, I very well may increase my chances of winning the lottery. Right. But even if I increase them by 100, that's uh-huh. still a how many people do I have to kill before I win the lottery? <laughs> <laughs> you know? I think that's a good question. So, an unacceptable number of people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it kind of begs the question. Was this what Osama bin Laden was thinking? He was trying to win the lottery. <laughs> it was all a lottery ploy. Yeah, on, uh, yeah, on uh, September 11th, 2002, he uh-huh. bought all 5,631 right. <laughs> of those New York State lottery of tickets. Those, it was just the three numbers. It was the it was the three numbers. So I think the most you can win is like five thousand dollars. It's not a big jackpot. No, it, it was five hundred dollars. Five hundred dollars. Yeah. Okay. Right. So. That's a lot of five hundred dollars you have to win. That's a lot. So, uh-huh. uh, instead of murdering, you know, I, I don't even know how many people until I eventually win the lottery. Uh huh. I started to think, <laughs> what about the opposite? What about just like on September eleventh, two thousand and two? What was on so many people's mind manifest itself in the numbers in a way that all of us can understand, right? Okay. But maybe because the lottery is such a a pinpoint laser-focused target of so many people's hopes and dreams uh-huh. that maybe always it's something that reflects what's going on in the world around us. And if we could only interpret those numbers, uh-huh. which 9-11 is pretty easy to interpret, right? but if we could always interpret those numbers then maybe we're not getting rich with the lottery but the lottery is going to tell us how to get rich in life that uh, you lost me you lost me with that with that last point about so oh i see what you're saying so if we interpret the numbers that come up in the lottery and how they affect us Right, but isn't that putting the cart before the horse, kind of? It depends on which way you're looking, you know? Right. You're interested in money, or you're interested in having a horse behind a cart? So you're saying it could or be either. It, 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 yes. it could be either, depending yes. on how you decide it to play it. It seems to me uh-huh. that there is so much more energy focusing those numbers that are getting manifested. Right. I, this is what I'm saying. Is so those, those numbers, numbers are there. And they're they're being, waiting to happen. They're being manifested right, I understand. by yeah. all of us right. who are getting tickets. Right. They're not a random thing. Wait, so no. So now this is, so I feel like you, the, the step that it's being manifested by those of us getting tickets, I don't know if that works for me within this system. Well, it's your, just like on. I get the sense that these numbers are there, yeah. right? And they're waiting to be sort of through the sort of, uh, uh, how am I trying to put it, shall we say, sort of energetic push of so many people simultaneously considering those numbers, then they come forth, right? Is that what we're saying here? Or are we saying we, we, we manifest them? By manifesting them, we are creating this happening. But then if, I just don't understand that. I'm saying right. that these numbers are the result uh-huh. of being the focus of so many people's heightened synchronicity. Okay, all right. I get that part. Okay. And so so, I, so so those numbers are created 
by the people buying the tickets. And it may not be mine, my ticket number that I picked, and it may not be your ticket number that you're picked, but it is collectively our t- our number that we picked. And it is a a, a indicator of society on the whole. So I started to look at how would I interpret this, right? Uh-huh. Uh, first, I looked at uh, well, g- general numerology. Right. Right? So uh, I took the largest lottery on record, which was April 1st, 2012. The Mega Millions lottery was $656 million. Mm-hmm. And the numbers for that were 2, 4, 23, 38, 46, and the Mega Million jackpot number was 23. Uh-huh. Okay. So the first thing I looked up and, and started researching uh-huh. was uh, something called JCN, which is Jesus Christ Numerology. <laughs> can, I, can I ask a quick question? Yeah. How much time did you spend researching this week? Uh, I spent a couple lunch hours when I was eating my sandwich at my desk. Impressive. Okay. Continue. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> so... This was a, even though, you know, he gave it a pretty lofty name for his numerology. <laughs> it uh, is pretty uh, lofty. <laughs> really, it, it equals out to A equals 1, B equals 2, you know, up through the alphabet. Mm-hmm. So uh, if I just interpreted number for number, then because there, there's only, you know, you don't have... 46 numbers in the alphabet. Uh-huh. So uh, that translates to BDW, 3846 mega number of W. Or if I put it on each digit, it's just BDWCHDFW, which is garbage. So I, uh-huh. I, I just quickly decided, Jesus Christ numerology, good name, doesn't have the substance. Bad system. <laughs> Bad system, yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, I looked at another system, uh, uh-huh. which is m- much more tried and true throughout history. Uh huh. And it's called Gematria. And it is an Assyrian. How's that spelled? G E M A T R I A. Okay. So it sounds like to me like Gematria, right? Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Uh, is it, does it have to do with sacred geometry? Uh, no. Okay. It has to do with numerology. Okay. It, it's a numerology system from the Assyrio-Babylonians. Okay. Which was then later adopted by, uh, the Jewish people. And it's been kept up ever since. Uh-huh. Okay, so, uh... I really like the phrase, the Jewish people. <laughs> I don't know why, but that tickled me for some reason. It seems more polite than saying the Jews. Uh, it, you're absolutely right. I just like the phrase. It's it's. I just like it. Okay. It's kind of a throwback for me. I don't know why. I don't know why. I'm just saying I like it. I just wanted to appreciate it. Okay. <laughs> I, I, that was for you. That was for you. <laughs> um, so, uh, if y- you couldn't put in a number this long into the translator. Really? Okay. So, How many numbers can it take, the translator? It wasn't that long. Yeah. Whatever it was, it wasn't that long. So I added the numbers together, and I get uh-huh. 136. Okay. And I put 136 into the translator. Uh-huh. And it gives you different types of translations, right? So okay. there's, there's a simple, 
and uh, there's a, a, a simple Gematria translator uh-huh. and a Hebrew tra- uh, Gematria translator. Okay, what's is as in it, it comes out in Hebrew? Uh, no, but it's based on of the Hebrew, re- Hebrew, the Hebrew, Hebrew stuff. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right, I get it. The relation of the Hebraic uh, alphabet to numbers, I, I would think imagine. So. Yeah, um, possibly. Now, this is because I was going to ask about this, and I don't. Well, I'll wait till you finish the okay. story because. Uh, so, on on both samples, it gives you multiple returns of uh-huh. what one thirty six translates to mm-hmm. in. Uh, but you know most of them aren't something that we can turn into fast cash today okay right now all right but some popped out uh-huh right so uh, with the simple geometria translator one of the results was stock market well I mean was that from the Jewish people no 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 or... this is the simple one not this the is simple one. okay gotcha yeah. gotcha so uh once again, this this I used the results from the September first, two thousand twelve, lottery. So I just looked up just for a simple, you know, index type indicator. I looked up the Dow Jones Industrial Average, uh-huh. and if you bought the Dow Jones Industrial Average on that day, today, you would have made thirty three point two two percent. Wow, that's impressive. Yes. And as a side note, uh-huh. not a money making tip, uh-huh. but one of the other returns of 136 is Obama the Deceiver. <laughs> <laughs> and is that through simple geometria? Yeah, that's simple. Okay, how did Obama the Deceiver come up with any any? What was the connection with one thirty six? You know what? I don't know. Translate to it. That's probably it's probably got something to do with uh, straight numer- numerology, maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. This, yeah, is, this okay. is all numerology, right? No, no, no. I understand, but it's that that one three six must have something to do with uh, Black Satan's <laughs> exactly, or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh, Lisa Lamp, Lisa Lampanelli uh-huh. was also one of the uh, things that were returned. Well, and again, she has a thing for black men. Does she? Oh yeah, that's ninety percent of her act. Okay, is about how many black men she slept with. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. So in one way, it's pro equality, and in some ways, it's anti equality. <laughs> well, no, I, I just see, I can see the link between Lisa Lampanelli and Obama the Deceiver. Okay, that's all I'm saying. All right. Um, so using the Hebrew Gematria translator, uh-huh. hopefully will be less racist, but I'm doubtful. Uh, well, it was. You know what? I have to say the 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 Hebrew results were, on the whole, uh, much less timely. That makes sense, right? To me. They, right. You, so it's an ancient text yeah. that they used, and so there was a lot less that, to me, jumped out of ways you could make money. Except one of them was <clears throat> meat. Yeah. So uh, meet M E A T or M E E T. M E A T. Okay. Right. So I'll uh, just uh, once again, just as a just like mm-hmm. spitball indicator. Uh huh. I looked up the stock price on April first, two thousand twelve, of Yum, which is you know Kentucky Fried Chicken, uh-huh. Taco Bell, Pizza uh-huh. Hut, PepsiCo's Food Corporation. Yes, exactly. Which to me, meat. 
right? Uh-huh. That, that general well, indicator. I, I would be, you know, I think particularly with Taco Bell, there was a lot of question on what, how much of it was actually meat, as I recall. Well, sure. But okay, but okay, I'll let you go Which with is, meat on and that. Which is maybe why the results aren't as good here. <laughs> you would have only made uh-huh. 14.44%. Uh, profit, which is still pretty good. Yeah. Uh, another Not one of the nearly as good as what was it? Thirty three point thirty three point two two. I mean, that's almost a that's a, a full third, yeah. basically. Yeah. Return exactly. on that, just under. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the other <clears throat> returns that mm-hmm. matched in the Hebrew gematria. Uh huh. FEMA camp. FEMA camp. <laughs> yeah. So we have Obama. Well, that that's is a that's a money making that's a money making machine for. Uh, the corporations that yeah, provide those trailers. Yeah, but we can't individually no, we invest can't in, in that. Not at all. Well, we can invest in the companies. Yeah. You know, the Blackwaters and all Ooh, those companies yeah. that 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 uh, create the FEMA You know cams. what, though? I would bet that most of those co- corporations, I hope, since 2012 and a lot of the <clears throat> decreasing in activity that we've been involved in, most of those companies, I would think, would have a lower stock price now than 2012. I don't know because they're international. And anytime we send international aid to a country, mm-hmm. <clears throat> however billions of dollars of international aid come from the United States, all of the companies that have to be contracted to do the work are all American companies. That's one of the rules. And it's one of the reasons shit never gets done in these countries because everything has to come from like all of the the products that like to build the homes and build the camps have to come from the all the money basically has to be spent back at the united states even though it's going to these foreign places. haiti is a perfect example of this they sent billions of american dollars to haiti haiti then had to contract out to american companies and had to use all american goods instead of using local companies which would have actually gotten the job done quicker and uh, employed people. Yeah. Um, so that that's a whole other thing. I mean, we can. I th- I feel like uh, we can do an entire show on uh, foreign aid. Oh yeah, at of some course. Point. Yeah. But um, you know, or government uh, government contracts. Yeah. Um, so but the, either way. But these... yeah, no, that's a good one. I mean, I think FEMA camps is an indicator again, since pretty much everything that we're doing here is uh, is. Uh, uh, now you've, I'm thrown off. Everything that we're doing on on that thing is basically just sort of digging deeper and deeper and spiraling down a hole. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that, no, it, was, you know, it was a rabbit you hole. You can just you can just look at it and come up with whatever reasoning you want. Yeah, but it looks like you can equal parts come up with, uh, you know, anti-government, get rid of your cash and, <laughs> uh-huh. and hide your gold in a can in the backyard. Right. Or Sound investment opportunities. It, you know, and I, I think they're not too distant from each other. <laughs> you know, they really, it's it's really a hit or miss thing. Yeah. So, you know, we're coming to the end of the program. Yes, we are. And it's about that time to do our Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel. Uh, how to Get Rich Quickly, Rules of Getting Rich, Randomizer from the Internet yeah. that we create. So, and, and uh, once again, I'll just let you know. So, we initially started to look for what are benchmarks that we can measure up our get rich, rich quick schemes against. And we looked online for, you know, top ways to get rich or steps to get rich. And there were innumerable results 
And so instead of looking for the right one, we're going to assume with open minds that all of them are right ones. And every week, measure Mm -hmm. our topic against a random set of rules that someone has created. That's right. They can come from anywhere. It really is totally random. I generally will do a Google search of get rich quick, rules to get rich quick, something along those lines, and something always pops up that I haven't seen before. Today's rules for getting rich quick are from Entrepreneur Magazine. Okay, that sounds like they would know. Title of the article, How to Become a Millionaire by Age 30. Boom, missed it. By contributor Grant Cardone. International sales expert. That's right. And people, if you're after older than 30, like Josh and I both are, mm-hmm. don't worry. You can still get rich. Just pretend you started at 15. I met right. rich by 45. Yeah. Or, you know, if you're older than 30 and you're starting, you may become a millionaire by the time you're 60. Yeah, whatever. I think he's basing this on actually out of college. So it's really in like an eight year period, say. Okay. 22 to 30. Eight years. Okay. So here we go. Number one. Boom. Ready? Yeah. Follow the money. Okay, I think that playing the lottery is doing absolutely 100% following the money. It's the essence. You're not only being, you are following them, they are leading you by the nose. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so check that one. Yeah, and my numerology schemes also. Also follow the money. Yeah. Okay. All right, ready? Number two. Number two. Don't show off. Show up. Oh, I don't know how to rate this one. Well, I think we first need to try to figure out what the fuck that means. I don't know. Certainly within the context of what we're discussing today. Well, showing up to buy the tickets. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So, and don't show off, meaning don't throw all your money away once you get it. Yeah, it's not about the flashy cars. Boom, whatever. You know? It's I win a lottery, I'm getting a Lambo. Lambo, <laughs> daddy. <laughs> and a Yachta. Um. I'm gonna. I'm not. So we do know. Show up. You have to show up because you have to buy the ticket. Yeah, got to pay. But don't show off. Maybe you also don't want to be waving that ticket around, saying, "What's up? What's up?" That's right. I got the winning ticket here because people are going to be knocking you out. Yeah, you don't want to be Mister Tucker in the stripper parking lot with yep. six hundred thousand dollars. Exactly. From the car. Check. Boom. Okay. Two for two. Two for two. We'll take Number it. three. Save to invest. Don't save to save. That seems like a check to me. I mean, to me, the way I interpret that is he's saying you're just saving money up to dump into something. Yeah, lottery tickets. That's right, lottery <laughs> tickets. Exactly. I mean, that's an investment if ever there was one. That's right. And, right? and it doesn't have to be money you've saved, too. It can just be money that, you know, skip lunches. Yeah. Skip lunch and breakfast right. and just start <laughs> buying lottery tickets that's with right. all your money. That's right. You just need to – it's all about – figuring out where your priorities lay that's right and one of the big things and we've seen the one thing we've seen that's sort of been a constant in the randomizer is that you really have to want it and if you really want it you'll do what's necessary to do yeah so we're three for three right now number four avoid debt that doesn't pay you yeah we're we're we have this one you think that's checked off yeah uh, for instance, in in both of our examples, right? Uh huh. So, uh, if you're gonna borrow money to play something, <laughs> don't buy a game of Monopoly. Play the lottery because it can pay you. <laughs> and <laughs> and on the other side, uh-huh. if it, you're gonna borrow money to play the lottery, well, and and, and or if uh-huh. you're gonna use numerology to right. decipher what you should do with money that maybe you're borrowing from somebody, uh huh. You know. 
put it in the stock market, not in Obama the Deceiver. <laughs> but better you don't invest in meat if you're gonna if you're gonna choose to you know. Well, but fourteen point four. Fourteen point is that fine. All right. That's an okay return yeah. over fifteen years, basically thirteen years. Not great. Not thirty three point two something. Um, number five, treat money like a jealous lover. I don't know what it means. I, I like it. I, it. I like it. I think we got it. Okay. So we're five for five. That's right, folks. Number six, money does not sleep. No, it doesn't sleep. It's burning a hole in your pocket, and it wants to be spent on the lottery. Check seven. Poor makes no sense. Makes no sense. Makes We're no throwing sense. that question out. <laughs> so we've got, uh, I think, a perfect record on this one. Yeah. Six for six. That's right. And that means the lottery... Get rich quick. That's right. Uh, you guys, don't spend all the knowledge in one place this week. And if you do win, using our techniques, <laughs> cut us in. Tithe us 10%. That's, That's right. the deal. Um, for Josh Rubin. And, and Noel Deneen. And Radio Free Brooklyn, thanks for listening to us on Get Rich Quick. <laughs>